0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So the power rankings are out for the NFL. And I'm actually kind of surprised that the team that is undefeated isn't number one. It's our very own Kansas City Chiefs. In the Chiefs poll, yes. In the Chiefs poll. <laughs> These
1: NFL ratings are so bogus that it's it's almost laughable. They're done, of course, for the media. That's what it's all about. Gives us something to talk about yeah, in the middle exactly. of the Exactly. They don't mean a thing. We've talked about that before. And yeah, there are about 11 or 12 of them somewhere around there. And in the Chiefs poll, they are the number one team. Frankly, in my opinion, they should be number one. They're a very good football team. There's no doubt about it. This team is very quick. They're playing excellent defense. That kind of surprises me a little bit, but... The fact of the matter remains that they are. I think they get tested this Sunday night by the Chargers. The Chargers are they're not the Chargers of the past, let's put it that way. But I think out there in LA they can give the Chiefs some problems. think Kansas City and win it, but that's over and above things. So you go to the NFL power ratings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Are number one, and yet they lost to the Washington Commanders. So the Chiefs are number two, right? Wrong. Oh, <laughs> Minnesota Vikings... Uh, I'm sorry, Buffalo Bills are number two. Minnesota Vikings number three, and the Chiefs are fourth. What kind of rankings are these? But they are the NFL power rankings. So they're, they're, I think there are eleven or twelve of them. Like they don't mean anything.
0: Well, uh, I hope that the uh, defensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs isn't surprising you too much. This is something we've been begging for for the last several years well, to match up with the offense. What surprises
1: me a little bit It's not so much they're playing good defense, it's the speed that they have on defense and their concept. They're putting a lot of pressure on the defensive, oh I'm sorry, on the quarterbacks and the running backs and taking them right out of their rhythm. Now that may be a product of the teams the Chiefs have played. That I don't know. But I do know that it's very impressive what they have done if they can continue that they're going to go a long way
0: they absolutely are but at the same time like you said at the beginning power rankings don't mean anything it's going to be what comes down on the field and when the chiefs play in that flex game on sunday night it looks like the chargers might be getting back some guys they've been waiting for including keenan allen and when you get those receivers in there i'm telling you that team herbert can hit those guys he's got those weapons they are a dangerous team all right let's talk about baseball top managers after voting where are they man? the top
1: managers are two guys that everybody in baseball is quite familiar with to- uh, Terry Francona wins for the third fourth time the fourth time from the Cleveland Guardians. This is the fourth time he's won and it's all been with the same team that says something of course the first three were the Cleveland Indians but these are the Cleveland Guardians and Terry Francona is just a really top-notch manager. He had some health problems, but did decide to come back this year, and it gains him a Manager of the Year award. The National League Manager of the Year is Buck Showalter of the New York Mets, and this is his fourth Manager of the Year prize. Difference is that Showalter has had four different teams with which he's won it. Also a fine manager and, and really a very good TV commentator, too, when he's not actually pursuing the the profession of baseball in an active way the guy's very good so is Francona, two very worthwhile managers
0: very very deserving of that award um all right we got uh, missouri state bears basketball in town tonight is they playing in town tonight they play in povo utah so they're on tonight. the road
1: tonight and this is a big test for the bears they opened up with a win. They're 1-0 on the year, but the win was against a Division II team. It's allowed. You're, you can play one Division II team on your schedule, and the Bears did beat Missouri s and and beat them handily. This time, the opponent is Brigham Young, and the Brigham Young Cougars, this is a home-and-home home trade ar- arrangement. Brigham Young was here last year, beat the Bears by 6 or 8. I don't remember what the margin was. Pretty close game. But now the Bears go to the Jay Willard Marriott Center in Provo, Utah. And, Mike, it is a 22,000-seat arena. It is, oh gosh, it is not beautiful. From an aesthetic standpoint, it's really kind of an indoor football stadium. It's not for that. It's for basketball, of course. Seats 22,000, but it's Jay Willard Marriott. That might tell you something about the Brigham Young money coming in there. Anyway, the Bears will play out there. BYU is not as good as they've been in the past. The Bears, I think, are a pretty good offensive team. See what happens.
0: Should be an interesting test. And I didn't know that uh, you dabbled in architecture, to be honest with you. They are perceptions. <laughs> <laughs> Ned could have been an architect. Are you kidding me? we got more sports to talk about right time. I am kidding you, yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> sitting here think, actually drawing pictures of buildings as we speak. <laughs> so Ned's finished up his drawings of buildings. I'm going to check those out here in a little bit. But in the meantime, uh, Lady Bears had a test last night. Did they pass? They
1: did. And they passed it with flying colors. This was slew that the... Lady Bears played. SLU, of course, is the acronym for Saint Louis University, and the Lady Billikens came down here. Did not offer much of a challenge after the first period. Twenty to six was the score at the end of the first quarter. Lady Bears had the lead, and the uh, Lady Bears coach Cunningham's team able to maintain that margin throughout. Win the game, seventy-one to fifty-five. Isabel Delarue, who's a sophomore with the Lady Bears, and she is from up in Saint Charles, had eighteen points including a slew of them from, and I don't mean that to be facetious, from a three-point range. And the Lady Bears win a big. Missouri State shot almost, not quite, but almost 50% from the field for the game, and their. Regular rating percentage from three-point range was also over 40%. That's very good. This is a good shooting team. Find out they they don't get a chance, they, they being the Lady Bears, a chance to rest on their laurels because Oklahoma State comes in here to play tomorrow night, and that will be a significant challenge. But the Lady Bears win 71-55.
0: Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. Hopefully some of that can... Uh... Pass over to the men tonight when they're on the road in Utah. So tell me, uh, they weren't the only ones playing college basketball last night. What are the other scores?
1: There were several others that were very interesting. Missouri played their game. Wasn't interesting at all. They played Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, SIUE. Beat them 105-80, to Mizzou won. North Carolina, the number one team in the country, playing Gardner-Webb. There are not many who are familiar with Gardner-Webb. They're a, relatively speaking, new Division I team. They've been around for about 10, 15 years now, and they're from North Carolina, Boiling Springs. But uh, gardner Webb gave North Carolina a pretty good fight. Tar Heels won 72-66. Kentucky, Michigan State, and Kansas Duke played a big-time television ratings grabber doubleheader. First game, Kentucky, Michigan State, double overtime, and Michigan State held off Kentucky 86-77, a game that either team could have won. That was a two-overtime game. KU and Duke was also a dandy and KU wanted to remain undefeated Jayhawks 69 Duke 64 it was a dandy basketball game
0: Michigan State looking tough
1: they're unranked interestingly enough I know. And yet they have a very nice team Izzo has put together some really good athletes it's a team more than it is one player and that team manifested itself with, a, a, I thought, a very nice way. Could have gone either way. Kentucky had their chances. Kentucky led most of the game, could not build on their margins at all. And then when their big guy, Sashibwe, fouled out in the
0: first overtime, Ball game Took advantage, took advantage, and that's what the smart ones do. All right, uh, we knew there would be kind of a shakeup in college football, not with the top top, but uh, beyond the four, do we have any kind of shuffling in some, the uh, bowl some, rankings? Yes,
1: some. The top four remain the same. Now, that's remaining the same as of this week. So, if they were to have the playoffs starting this week, it would be Georgia against Texas Christian and Ohio State against Michigan. That Ohio State-Michigan matchup is not going to happen. Now we have another series of games. Most of the teams have what you would call, to be sarcastic about it, walkover games. Games they should win. Georgia, for instance, they're playing Kentucky. Kentucky's way down. Ohio State, Maryland. Maryland's Big Ten Conference, but Ohio State's much better than they are. The one of the top four that has a challenge is TCU. They're going to play Baylor. Now, Kansas State went in and whipped Baylor last week in Waco. But you know this is an all-Texas matchup. TCU and Baylor, and they're really not very far away from each other. Waco and Fort Worth. This will be an interesting game. Tennessee is lurking there in fifth place. Southern Cal has only one loss. They are a playoff possibility. But all these teams have significant games remaining. And in Southern Cal's case, (laughs) they have... Southern Cal has, maintains a lot of tradition about their football program. They're Pac-12, of course. But one of their traditional rivals every year is Notre Dame. And they play Notre Dame in the Coliseum in Los Angeles Thanksgiving weekend. That's always, that always sells out. They'll have 85 90,000 for that game. Many of whom are Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame's playing well. That'll be a big challenge. Southern Cal also has UCLA coming up this week. That's an intracity rivalry. And then they have their Pac-12 Conference Championship. There's a long way to go. Let's put it that way. Anything can happen.
0: Anything can happen in college football, just like anything can happen today, finding out that you were into architecture, Ned Reynolds. But uh, (laughs) thanks for the surprise. Have a good one. I'll see you tomorrow.